Hello, and welcome to Second Skein. I'm Doug. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And Benjamin Tankersley, where the heck are you, you goof? He's not here. He's, he's, he's busy. He's taking a break. Yeah. The, the man's been well, the man's been on like every single episode. Yeah. Give him a break. But Jeez, hey, give the man a dang break. But hey, hey, that does mean that if this episode sucks, quality-wise, not discussion-wise, but if it sucks quality-wise, it's Ben Tankersley's Ben Tankersley's fault. Yeah, I, that sounds reasonable to he's, me. He's he's not here to defend himself. So no other no other logical thing you could get out of that. What's funny though is that this is gonna be the part where Ben edits his voice in, like as the voice of God, and he's just <laughs> like, "Fellas, how dare you disprove me or yep. disappoint me?" Yeah, he is well known to do that. Yeah, yes. yeah, he's very in touch with uh, with the voice of God. Uh, that's that's our Ben. That's, that's our, ben. our Ben. He he knows he knows it well. Yeah. So I'm sure you're wondering how, I, or I guess why I'm not here. Well, the long story and the short story is that I had to work, so these boys are uh, fixing to give you a horrible pun, and uh, then they're going to talk about a movie. But I just wanted to say that uh, if this is not a good episode, that is actually not my fault. Um, I'm actually going to put the blame on um, literally anyone else, because I wasn't there to mess this up. Got a podcast and trying to listen to. Get off the air. Well, alrighty then. Uh, I guess uh, I'll turn it back over to the boys. Bye, guys. You know, I guess you could say that Ben is not one of the other guys. Okay. Why would you say that, though? I don't know, because for the sake of transitions, uh, Elijah, <laughs> for the sake of transitions, Oh, I get it, because that's the name of the movie we watched. Exactly, exactly, Elijah. This week we watched the 2010 comedy uh, The Other Guys, starring Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, Eva Eva Mendez, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Michael Keaton, Samuel L. Jackson, Steve Coogan, Ray Stevenson, and a whole lot of other folks. Uh, Actually, not really. Damon, Damon Wayans and Rob Riggle. Those are really the other two folks. Um, uh, this is a movie that was written and directed by Adam McKay, who also wrote and directed uh, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, uh, Step Brothers, uh, <clears throat> Step Brothers, Vice, uh, Anchorman, Anchorman 2. Uh, Wait, hold on. One of those is not like the others. Vice? Yeah. He also wrote The Big Short. I don't, I didn't see that one. Yeah, it also won, won Oscar. Um yeah, Adam McKay, folks. Dude's got range. Dude's got a lot of range. Uh, this movie uh, currently holds a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 64% on Metacritic, and 85% on the Google. Uh, box office, it made $170 million, uh, I believe. Hold on, let me confirm that. Ah, uh, yes, here we go. Uh, box office, $170 million on a $100 million budget. Uh, this movie was successful, uh, and I personally know a lot of people who really enjoy it. I've seen it multiple, multiple, multiple times. 
Um, but Tristan and Elijah, I know that y'all have not seen this movie before. Uh, so what, what were you thinking going in? What were your expectations to live up to those expectations? Uh, where, where are you at with this movie? Uh, I mean, Doug, you told me that you thought I would like it. Um, so, you know, I went into it with, I guess, slightly high expectations. Um, I didn't expect it to be one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And it wasn't, but you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. I got some laughs out of it. It's, you know, it's a good comedy. I do kind of like Will Ferrell. We'll talk about him later, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Interesting way to phrase that. Uh, I, your question was about expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Expectations that you had coming into this did meet it, did exceed it, did fall short of those expectations. Well, um, I well, this was a movie that I kind of wanted to see when it came out in theaters because it looked funny. I never, I never did. It was one of those, you know. I don't know if you guys ever have this. I know Doug goes and sees everything, <laughs> but I, I, I definitely have those movies where it's like it comes out and I'm like, yeah, that looks good. I'll get around to it. And I just never do. This was one of those. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really have a whole lot of expectations. Doug has talked this movie up to some degree um so i guess i expect it to be pretty funny and it and it and it was it was it was um not it didn't feel like the stereotypical comedy necessarily but it was also it was also pretty darn close to be the stereotypical comedy as well so okay i don't know that's that's fair, I guess. I mean, I think I think the biggest thing that this movie has going for it is that it takes, you know, the classic trope of an 80s buddy comedy, uh, buddy cop movie. Um, and the only reason I say 80s is because it was the 80s. That's when, like, all the great tropes were created. Um, uh, it takes that trope of the buddy cop movie and kind of flips it on its head uh, and focuses instead on cops that are really just awful at their jobs um or cops that uh don't really get into the big car chases and everything like that uh so how do we feel about its approach at uh buddy cop movies or it's a it's sort of thin commentary on buddy cop movies uh where where are we at on that gentlemen Uh, well i mean the it, it really at the beginning you, you mentioned Dwayne Johnson and Samuel Jackson as having starring roles in this. And I guess, yeah, because they're movie stars and they're really famous. But they were in this movie for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I guess they're the ones at the beginning are the, like they're chalking up the whole, you know, classic trope of two badass cops just going around New York taking names and busting rhymes or whatever and uh <laughs> and you heard it here folks you hear you heard it here first folks uh new york city cops uh shooting guns and busting rhymes yeah that's that's, that's what they're known for that, that is uh, i've seen that in a book one time and uh so yeah i you know <laughs> that it's in it it's in the movie and then it just kind of goes into uh, here here's two here's two guys who 
are kind of idiots um, being that trope. That's fair. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Okay, that's the joke. That's fair. Right. They really play up that um, the glamour of all the destruction they do. You know, they have that scene when they're being interviewed for the news and they're like, these guys had like half an ounce of marijuana on them. Was it really worth $12 million of destruction to New York City? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, it's all guts, all glory. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's pretty gross. And they have to set that up at the beginning before they switch to the other guys and show you that they're a couple of screw-ups. And uh, <laughs> I guess more realistic. Yeah. I think I think this kind of gets into what uh, Adam McKay is really good at uh, with his comedies. Um and I think the the biggest things I can look at are Talladega Nights and Anchorman um, as like the best examples of of what I'm talking about. Where he's he either takes a lead character and a main character who is an absolute expert at what they do, top of their game, um, and has has everything going for them. And then the entire plot of the movie revolves around them completely falling from grace uh just completely uh ruining their career and you know they they regain that clout they regain that that status but they're just they're not where they once were they're not at the height that they once were uh but with this movie i think he does a really good job of taking uh two guys and uh and uh mark Wahlberg and will ferrell's characters as people who are completely inept at their job, uh, they it or it's not really even that they're inept at their job or they're bad at their job. They're just not good at the parts of uh, police work, or they're not good cops in the sense that they're good movie characters. Uh, they don't do the things that movie cops do, or they're not good at them. Um, and the entire movie is about them sort of rising to that occasion of like of still not being the traditional good cops, but uh, instead becoming goofy, still inept, somewhat cops. Yeah, they, um, they are, they're actually regular cops <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, kind of. Uh, and everyone else around them, I guess you could chalk it up to this is this is the New York City Police Department. There's a lot of corruption, and there's also, I guess, a lot of chumminess. At least in this movie, we see like just dudes being bros. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And really, what I mean by that is like testosterone. Yeah, and also like dumb pranks and things like at the beginning testosterone where they, where they get Will Ferrell to shoot his gun in the office. That's pop. Yeah. Um, Stuff like that. So it's it's just like here's two guys. One of them, Will Ferrell's character, is an accountant, and I for some reason I don't know why he's a detective now. They just said I guess we're sure on detectives. It's New York City Police Department. How are they sure on detectives? I don't understand why. I think it's because detective is like a rank in police in the police department. But why? But yeah, but just because why is he filing police paperwork if he's a forensics accountant? Just because you hold the title of detective doesn't mean you're a detective. I think that's why. Because I've tried to figure that out, too. I don't Because it think, doesn't make any sense. I don't think sense. that's how it works. Because I don't think detective is a rank. I don't know. I don't know. 
I work for the New York City Police Department. If Wade were here, he could confirm. He would know. But my, my point is, is that you've got th- that guy. He's in, he's a detective for some reason. His background is not really in that. And then you've got, um, like, not at all in that. Like, he talks about in the movie how he was in college. And then he went from directly from college to a job as an accountant. He was never like a police officer, but for some reason they got him at a desk doing detective work. I don't, I don't understand that this movie blurs the lines there. It's, it's really leaning into that trope of they're just, they're just cops. They just work out police departments. So they all fight the bad guys. You know what I mean? Cause they all got the gun and, and killed the dude and they all wear the chain around their neck with the badge on it. And which leads me to the other guy. Get it? Um, Mark Wahlberg's character, who is fairly competent, uh, even though he's kind of a rude dude, he is pretty competent. And yeah, he was actually a cop. And until he shot Derek, D- Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter, I-, I guess he then quote a biracial angel. I guess they demoted him to detective, which yep. doesn't make any sense to me because that's not a demotion. Yeah, it is. From a from a. You're moving from a. He was a detect. He was a. He was like a higher ranked detective before. Was he? Yeah, he was like a higher ranked detective. Before. I mean, he was guarding the stadium. To, to, I don't even know where he was. Look, bottom under line, the stadium. bottom line, he had a good career. Then he shot Derek Jeter in the night, the night of the World Series, and now he's a desk. He's a desk cop. Sure, I don't. I don't know the logistics. I don't know. Don't make much sense, but anyway, they're not important logistics. I guess, I guess they're not. I guess suspend your disbelief, whatever. I guess that doesn't matter anymore. Nothing is sacred. Anyway, um, moving on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was my point? I don't know. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Uh, what is your point? Um, so, okay, so Elijah, I think you brought this up um, at one point. Uh, before we start watching this movie is that you know I read a really long list of actors who are in this movie a really long list of actors who have various size roles in this movie but even beyond that there's a much longer list of just actors who have various bit parts in this movie Um, and you said that you want to talk about that so here's your platform to talk about that I mean, I was just going to say, like, I, I did think this movie was kind of funny. I definitely laughed at some parts. It was effective comedy, effective, stupid comedy for the most part, um, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but I was going to say probably, you know, talk to me tomorrow. And the thing I will remember most about this movie was just how many faces I recognized in the cast. Um, basically, just a bunch of characters that showed up uh, maybe in several scenes or maybe just in one that I recognized from The Office or Parks and Rec or New Girl. I recognized three actors from New Girl within the first 10 minutes of the movie. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's cool. Nice to see some (laughs) familiar faces. Um, That's probably just going to be the thing that sticks with me. Maybe that makes sense for a movie that's um, where Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Samuel Jackson almost have bit parts themselves. Like, it's just kind of a movie where they just kind of spin a wheel full of actors for you to recognize throughout the story yeah 
Yeah. You do make a, you do make a good point talking about how this is, you know, and I, for all, for all collective purposes, this is a dumb comedy. Uh, but I, I do have a sort of off topic question for y'all because, you know, going back to M McKay, uh, someone who has written things like, like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights, which are very dumb comedies, very, very dumb comedies. I think they're very funny, but they're also very dumb. But then, you know, Tristan said one of these things is not like the other. You have something like Vice, which I think is a very smart political comedy. Um, and ha- what, what's your take on, on someone who can uh, write something like this or like Talladega Nights that is so honestly stupid? There's thought behind it, but it is stupid comedy. Uh, when you also know he can write something like Vice that is incredibly intelligent, incredibly witty, um, and uh, I won't say insightful because I don't think Vice is very insightful, but um, you, you get what I'm saying? I think so. I never saw Vice myself, but I, it's one. Of, it's another one of those movies. I really wanted to see it. Didn't get around to seeing it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I since I haven't seen Vice, I feel like I'm not super qualified. But I've seen Step Brothers, and I've seen Anchorman, and I've seen Talladega Nights. So that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. I uh, wish I had more of a take on that. What about you, Elijah? I actually haven't seen any of those movies. Okay. Um, they're kind of on my list of movies I need to see just because everybody else has seen them. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I get it. But uh, I was, are, are you saying this guy's like, he is a clever writer? But no, I think he's push- a very clever writer. I think Adam McKay is one of the great comedy writers of, of the 21st century. Um, I think he's got a really good understanding of like, I, I mean, I think he's got a really good understanding of how to take something that's really simple, like uh, like an inept cop duo and use it as a way to sort of to sort of shed some some light or or have some commentary on the amount of corruption that takes place within law enforcement, the amount of corruption which takes place in in say governments and in uh financial dealings um or something like anchorman which at its core is just a silly story about a group of 80s anchorman or 70s anchorman but you know it talks about how uh it talks about sexism in the workplace and how and how the the changes in in demographics in workplaces affects affects not only previous generations but generations which follow i think he's an i think he's an incredibly intelligent writer i think if you really want to see something that's funny and smart that he did i think you should look at the movie that tristan just pulled up on his phone which is the campaign because that's incredibly funny and incredibly witty about uh and i think has got great insight on the amount of corruption that's present in politics and also just the two-facedness of politicians uh when they're on the campaign trail or when they're in election mode i think yeah i think if hearing from y'all the amount that you've watched of adam mckay i think definitely definitely look into more of his work um and if you're listening listeners of this podcast and you have not watched a lot of adam mckay stuff i highly recommend that you check out his his work um 
And then also uh, look at his more serious stuff like Vice or The Big Short, both of which uh, were Oscar nominated. And I think Big Short actually won an Oscar. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's my uh, little that's my little spiel uh, for uh, for good old Adam McKay. But uh, but real quick, uh, gentlemen, let's talk about the performances in this movie because you know a lot of different actors in this movie, but really we're just focusing on Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. And I do want to point this out because this movie came out after Step Brothers, after Talladega Nights, after Anchorman, and Mark Wahlberg. A uh, little bit of behind the scenes knowledge: Mark Wahlberg was a huge fan of all those movies, and he actually went to Adam McKay and. And essentially begged him to be in the next movie that he did with Will Ferrell because he was such a big fan of their work together. Um, so looking at uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell in this movie, two people who have very different careers. Uh, what, uh, what are our thoughts on on their performances and their characters in this movie? Um, well, you said that Mark Wahlberg kind of really wanted to be in a movie with Will Ferrell, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we talked a little earlier about whether or not Will Ferrell is playing the straight guy in this movie, as far as it being a comedy goes. And I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to say. I think. Um, I mean, they 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 both give pretty good performances. I I didn't think anything bad about them necessarily, um, but Will Ferrell's character is i would argue not the straight guy compared to mark Wahlberg because mark Wahlberg's character is very much if anything he's he's serious and he makes fun of will ferrell who is just a normal guy but has had some really weird things happen to him that are unusual and are still happening to him and that's just funny the things that happen to him are funny that's it. It's not like he is out there trying to be funny. Things are just funny. It's maybe more like maybe more like a uh, like a victim of circumstance uh, sort of role. Yeah, but what other movies are like that though? Like I'm, I'm like with this kind of trope though, you know, with this this like sort of buddy cop, not even a buddy cop, just a buddy comedy, you know. Um, I mean, the only one that comes to mind for me is Rush Hour in which Jackie Chan is the straight man to Chris Tucker's Chris Tucker-ness. Uh, I mean, uh, otherwise... You like that, Elijah? I'm, I, you know, something that immediately comes to mind is Blazing Saddles, where you have Gene Wilder, who <laughs> is not really crazy or anything. Nice character, I mean. But he, he, there's just weird things happening in this town with the people and with him that are funny, you know? Yeah. So it's not like he's necessarily... It's not like Step Brothers where you have two silly characters, you know? Um, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I think that's definitely a point that you made. Uh, Elijah, do you have anything to add to that? I don't know. I, I don't know that I would have thought of either of these characters as playing the straight man in this comedy. I think they're both goofballs and screw ups. But I think I think it's just weird because 
you know, I, I was the one that originally said that Will Ferrell was kind of the straight man in this movie. But the more I think about it, like, I don't know that there is a straight character in this movie because yeah. everyone's just a little off. Yeah. Everyone's just a little bit insane, a yeah. little off kilter. Michael Keaton's presence in this movie was a little Michael weird. Keaton. It, I love him in this movie. I love him so much in this movie. And he is like the antithesis of just pure chaos in a movie. He's he's so weird in this movie. He has no it's like he just wandered onto set one day and was like, Yeah, I'll be the I'll be the I'll be the captain. Yeah, you know, the last movie I saw him in was the movie we watched for the podcast, um, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh, yeah, where he was in that movie. Dang. He played like what was his position? He was like attorney was general. The, uh, former uh district attorney no he was the former head of the justice department oh yeah okay and he was you know he was that's kind of a serious role but he also kind of played that role for laughs a little bit with some of the stuff that he did you know so i feel like i maybe i detect a little bit of the same kinds of things that he was doing in these two movies but this was definitely the more ridiculous role of the two well with michael keaton though unfortunately i say unfortunately because he was a great actor but unfortunately, and maybe fortunately, I don't know, a lot of roles that he's been put in since Batman have been bit parts and, and kind of like just ma- not bit parts. Doug recoiled when I said bit parts. We literally watched Birdman, which is a... I didn't say every film. He, he does great in Spotlight. Like, I, I'm talking about like roles like this where I, I guess it's just the opposite of the serious Batman role that he played back then, you know, that's what, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Um, I guess. So I don't know. I I feel like that has something to do with it though. Yeah. I mean, he has, he does, he's in some great films and they're serious roles, but that's not what I'm talking about. I just, I think it's, I think it's interesting looking at a performer like Michael Keaton, who, you know, he, he started off his career as this huge, like, comedic actor, and then he got Beetlejuice, and then he got Batman, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I didn't think he could be serious, but he was really serious as Batman, and then what Tristan said, you know, he kind of tapered off as, and I'll I'll give you that, I'll give you that, his roles kind of got a little more, a little smaller as, as time went on, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of why he was in Birdman. Yeah, as soon as I said a it, statement on that, as soon as I said it, I was like, no, that's kind of the point. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, I think I think you've seen him uh, in these last couple of years sort of start to take an upward swing in terms of the size of his roles uh, because he did Birdman. He also did The Founder, which I don't know if you watched that, but he plays Ray Kroc, who was the CEO of McDonald's. Oh um, yeah, yeah, very good movie. He's lovably despicable in that um yeah for the past 10 years i mean he's been really good yeah in a lot of different films yeah i mean i don't think he's really turned in like a bad performance per se i think it's just role size has gotten slightly larger as time has gone on yeah yeah michael keaton we we know you're listening took took a dip i mean similarly just bear with me okay okay jim carrey Oh yeah, took 100%. a bit of a dip as well. One hundred percent. He still is in that dip. I, I think so. Yeah, maybe he's coming out. I don't know, but I mean, 
whatever you want to call it. I mean, he had he was in a ton of movies in the '90s and early 2000s that were really funny, or at least that that was his role, you know. And then just stopped for a while, or at least it dipped down. And yeah, still in that dip, still good, you know. So he was really funny in Sonic, I thought. Yeah, it was, it was funny Sonic, Sonic, but it was, he, but he was funny. Yeah, funny and Sonic. He still he was got the, it. Is what I'm trying to say. He was the only decent thing about that movie. I accurate. I this is completely off topic, but I recently had kind of like a, a reckoning with Jim Carrey. Um, yeah. Uh, in which I uh, I watched the documentary Jim and Andy, which it's on Netflix. Yeah, you should watch it. Um, and it made me sort of have not great things to say about Jim Carrey um, after that documentary. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is fun. Yeah, apparently he was really going through it around that time the movie that movie came out. Yeah, I have, I have thoughts. I have thoughts about what he did with that movie. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Michael Keaton, thank you for being in this movie. <laughs> it, was, it was a beautiful thing to see. And thanks to every other... 15 actors but mostly thank you michael keaton thank you michael keaton all the other ones who thank you michael michael keaton and that weird tlc joke that i've seen this movie honestly probably 18 times and i still don't get what the whole tlc joke is i mean i get it but i don't get why it's here (laughs) yeah and it breaks the rule of threes too yeah it does they were they were like oh this tlc bit is good which is funny which is funny because it only does it four times for those of you who don't know, at just random times during this movie, Michael Keaton will quote TLC songs and uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are, are like, are you aware that you just quoted TLC? And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they do it three times early in the movie and then they don't do it again. They don't do it again until basically the last line of the movie. And he says just another TLC reference. And it's just like, why? Why? You didn't need that. You didn't need that at all. Yeah, native. That is an odd character quirk to have. It's a this this yeah. is this character's quirk is he quotes TLC songs and then acts like he has no idea what anybody's talking about. Yeah, that might be a fun trick to pull out at a party. Actually, <laughs> just <laughs> randomly start quoting a very a random band songs. Like when everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I get it. It's Third Eye Blind." You're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've done something like that, probably. I feel like movie quotes or something. I feel like that's an improv game. Yeah, it probably is. Um, But Michael Keaton has this, like he has, he has Michael Keaton mannerisms. He does. It's very clear, and he and it's one of those things where it's like you know you know you know what you're gonna get when you put him in a film. You Mm -hmm. know, you're gonna have Michael Keaton mannerisms. They might be funny. They may be dire. It's but, Michael Keaton. But you're gonna get him, you know. He's yeah, he's a little intimidating even when he's being stupid. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, you know what I think it is? I think it's the receding hairline. I think the receding hairline gives that man power. I think he's a guy who saw that his hairline was receding and he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna own this. I will wear this like a badge of honor. And he gained power from it. He gained Oscar winning power from it. It's almost like the guy who, you know, you have the confidence to wear a really low V-neck. Yes. This is like that, except the skinny yes. showing is on his head. And it's just like, whoa, that's too much confidence in a man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
boy, we, we made this even weirder than it already was. Hey, look, we had to find something to talk about for more time because we did not have a lot to talk about. Um, uh, shout out to okay. Little River Band. Shout out to Little, Little River Band for this. Oh, yeah. yeah, they got some good attention. I appreciated the music by Foo Fighters and uh, White Stripes in the movie. Yeah. And, you know, TLC. <laughs> yeah, and TLC. Shout out to um, Michael Keaton because we know you're listening. Yeah, Michael Keaton, we know you're listening. One more thing to talk about. Is Will Ferrell annoying? That's a good So I have wrestled with that. <laughs> I have wrestled with that so many times in my life. Because I don't think he is. But then I watch one of his movies and it hits a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, see, I'm pretty sure we talked about him on the podcast at one point and people were talking about how he's annoying. And I like Will Ferrell. I think he's super funny, but also... I, I get why people find him annoying at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I haven't even seen, you know, the movies you mentioned earlier, like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. I haven't seen those. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I think the, I think my favorite movie that Will Ferrell is in is probably, um, oh my gosh, I just, I just blanked on what it is. I just okay. blanked. Oh my gosh, well, I feel like an idiot. I was going to say, I love Elf. I know that was controversial on the podcast. Um, and I'm actually fond of a B-movie he's in called Kicking and Screaming. Where he yeah, I know Kicking and Screaming. He ends up coaching a, a soccer team that includes beans from even Steven, so I mentioned before we started recording. He also oh, berates yeah. a small child during that movie. Oh yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and... Um, and then the, I've also seen his other movie with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, for all I know, there's more. Than Daddy's one, Home. Yeah, I saw that movie. Um, and I, I like this one. I didn't really have a desire to see it again, but I did laugh. I think he's really funny, even though I totally understand where people are coming from if they find him annoying. I think I think my favorite movie that he's in, and I think the movie that's like his best performance, I think is really an old school because he's not the lead in that movie he's not the main character in that movie um he's he's pure chaos uh and i think that might be my favorite performance that he's in because it gives you just enough gives you just enough for for him to be effective but uh has he been in has he been in any serious roles he's been in one and it's not good what was it? I can't remember. I've I've only seen bits and pieces of it. But it did not get received well. I think it is downhill. It says Black Combi, though. Downhill's Black Combi. Yeah, I think it is downhill, though. I think that's the closest he's ever gotten to it. Oh. But, um, but yeah. Oh, Will. Will, Will, Will. All right. Well, let's score this sucker. All right. Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, we here at Saying Skeen uh, rate movies on a scale of 1 to 100, 1 being an irredeemable pile of turds, and 100 being the per a perfect movie. It has no flaws. Nothing can be said wrong about it. Um, uh, the scale cannot be broken either way. Hi, me. Um, and uh, yeah, so, uh, so let's get things started. Gentlemen, which one of you would like to go first? What about you, Doug? Okay, fine. Well, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 75 because I really enjoy it. I think it's really funny. Uh, 
yeah that's that's all i gotta say about it yeah all right so tristan why don't you why don't you rank it for us uh yeah i'm gonna give it a 73 because it was a funny movie i mean but i i don't really want to see it again and it it also wasn't like overly well i almost said it wasn't overly gross but it kind of was actually when dirty mike and the boys no, well, that too, but I was talking about Will Ferrell and his wife mainly and that whole thing between them. Um, so I don't know. It's not as dirty as some of Will Ferrell's other movies. Um, but yeah, 73. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 68, <laughs> which I think is about what it had on IMDb. Um, that feels right to me. It was, you know, a fun one-time watch. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, after we pra- after we plug that into our patented scoreometer, we get our final score of 72. So, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's funny. Doug, do you think you could play the straight man to your own comedic role? Yeah, yeah, I think I think we got a glimpse of it just then. I think so too. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Uh, who do you think, Elijah? This is a game that uh, Tristan Wade and I were playing. Um, who do you think Tristan Webb is in this movie? In the movie we just watched. In the movie that we just watched. Who's Tristan? Who yes. am I most like? Uh. Because we, we kind of came to a consensus, I feel like. I mean, I'd say you're pretty similar to Alan, Will Ferrell's character. Oh, yeah. That's what they said, yeah. I, I think I an was... argument can also be made for uh, the husband of Will Ferrell's ex-wife. Oh, no, not that guy. Yeah, no, I, at the beginning, I was like, that guy's like me. And then I was very much like... And then like, he kept talking. And then I said, that guy's not like me. And then Wade was like, you're like Will Ferrell's character. And I was like, oh, okay. Elijah, who do you think you're most like in this movie? Uh, Heck if I know. Um. I think, I personally think that I'm the most like Michael Keaton in this movie. Yeah. I think that fits me the most. Well, gentlemen, (laughs) one of you asked me a question. Hey, Doug, what are we watching next week? That's such a great question, Elijah. Thank you so much for asking that question. Well, gentlemen, you know, September is coming to a close. We're entering that special time of that special time of the year. Special we, time of specialness. Where we get to where we get to watch all of the all the spooky and scary movies. And we know it's not October yet, but we we've got a we've got a decently spooky movie, uh, decently scary movie to guess. To get us in the mood, get us all we, spooked before we before we get started with our month of frightening horror films. Uh, next week we are watching 2009's Jennifer's Body, starring Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a great time. I'm a big fan of this movie, even though I'm gonna be real with you, I don't always get what it's trying to do. Uh, but you know, hey, we're gonna have a great time. I'm very interested to see what Tristan Webb thinks of it. 
Uh, yeah. It's going to be lit, folks. What's funny is that you're going to watch the movie and there's something that happens very early, very early on, but yeah, it gets very lit. Um, uh. But, uh, but yeah, until next week, uh, does somebody remember Ben Spiel of what all we say? Um, Wait, I just remember what our spiel is. Um, please remember to keep up with all things Fire Media has coming on. We have new episodes of Setting the Skin coming out every Wednesday. We will be having new episodes of Tea with Doug G. <gasps> Eventually. I don't know. We're, we're, we're working on it. Uh, and by we, I mean me. Um, and by working on it, I mean trying to find an apartment. Uh, but, uh, but yes, also uh, be sure to check out Grizzly History, our good friend Michael Ruiz. Uh, and Graham Parker uh, have that amazing podcast that they just started a few weeks ago uh, and is still going strong. So we highly encourage the, encourage you to check them out. Uh, remember, you can follow us on all social media at Viter Media. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, gentlemen, uh, I don't have anything else to say. Do y'all have anything else to say? No, sir. All right. Well, until next week when we watch Jennifer's Body, for all of us here at Saying the Skein, I'm Doug. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And this has been Saying the Skein. Y'all have a great week.